Cool, everybody. Welcome to the Yes Have Some Cross Rip podcast here. As always, I am your host, Troy Benjamin, and with me, as always, is Kelly Grimmett. Uh, hello. And uh, all the way from the Great White North, Mr. Chris Stewart. Hey, I'm the one with the beard. <laughs> That's true. You are the only one capable of growing facial hair. I, I get like a really terrible mustache. But uh, anyway, uh, so we got a super cool, awesome show uh, lined up for you guys. We're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. Uh, we got some Bill and Ted stress. Uh, before we do that, uh, I do want to take some time to talk about our Patreon. No, wait, we don't have a Patreon. But Chris, if we had a Patreon, what uh, what do you think we would do with a Patreon? Wait, guys, what is this? What's happening right now? We're doing the we're doing the podcast. You know, podcast the thing we do every week. Stress. I I thought you guys talked about Ghostbusters. Uh, we do. It's just it's it's a thing we're doing because it's April first, and I don't have. I don't have time for this. The baby needs a bath, and it's way past your bedtime. I can't. I can't do this right now. I have to go. Uh, oh, all right. Um. Bye, Kelly. So. Uh, all right. Uh, control, man. Hey, this show's got to go on. Chris, hey, you got any big uh, barge purchases lately? You yeah. Bar- you you bar- you've been barging. Yeah. Have you L debarged? I bought myself a power washer. <laughs> was that i mean can i can i say why you bought a power washer sure go ahead uh, it was your birthday chris stewart it, happy it birthday was. happy belated Thank birthday you. many happy returns uh, I, I thought i thought you i thought you said can i tell me why you bought it i was like sure i don't think we talked about it i thought you were gonna be like because your deck was dirty because right. your, your deck is filthy no. uh no, let, let me let me tell you the thing about up here seattle the same way uh, because it rains a lot in the winter, but never freezes. Um, it's knocking like moss and stuff off of the roofs onto your balcony. Uh, the rain, uh, it's never turning into snow. So it just dries and all that. So you end up with a layer of that, you know, all raindrops are formed with a little speck of dust inside. Like that. So yeah. by the time spring comes around, your deck is like a, is like a slimy mess of moss and a little film of algae and, dirt and all that and it's just uh, so it was a nice day and <laughs> home depot <laughs> the least expensive one they had turned out to be a fantastic purchase so i don't know if it's the barge so much as barging shopping no i was trying to combine bar- bargaining and barging shopping. shopping you go to big lots and you bargain <laughs> shop something like that <laughs> but it's a tiny little everybody gets the the well <laughs> okay uh, to go off track, off the track, uh, off the track. So three times removed off the track. 
like I'm home visiting and my mom's like, I was power washing. I was like, Oh, you bought a power washer? And she's like, Yeah, it's in the garage. I look at it. She bought one of those like like she went to the store or whatever and said, I need a power washer. And short of sending her to like some sort of road construction uh, company, they gave her like this gas powered one. Like it's not a pressure washer. It's it's like uh, literally you know, something you'd use on a barge. That's kind of what it's <laughs> basically like. is what it is. You need to get the particles <laughs> off your barge. Here you go, ma'am. Uh, and she does that all the time. Like her, her and my dad was like, we need a new computer, and they called Dell, and Dell would sell them this like eight thousand dollar media computer. It's like what? No, why? Like I'm looking in the back. I was like, Mom, you have four video outs. Like what are you? <laughs> Just anyways. But uh, I don't have that kind of money. I don't have no. retiree money. No, no, uh, no. And everybody seems to have the rolly ones, you know. Uh, and I was kind of like, uh, they're like a few hundred bucks. I was like, I don't want to spend that. And then Ryobi. Shout out to Ryobi. Half the stuff I own is a Ryobi, and it's all surprisingly good. Uh, so if Ryobi wants to throw some cash, go for it. Because you know the Ghostbusters uh, pop culture demographic is exactly this. This podcast brought to you by Ryobi. 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 They Ryobi. um they make a little one. It looks it looks like a tiny like one of those um car uh, battery jumpers. Okay. You know what I'm talking right. about? Not really, no. but I'll, I'll smile and nod. Like a, like a, bo- one a, of those like things that bread- you keep in your trunk to like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, it's like or a bread box size uh, generator or yeah. something like okay. that. Right. Gotcha. Uh, it's, you know, it's compact and yeah, yeah, it, it worked, it worked fantastic is all I'm saying. So I was very happy. I went, literally went at like noon, was home by one, had things sprayed down by like two thirty, and was sitting on my deck just smiling all day. It was great. So. And, and there it was your, your birthday was uh, cleaner and you didn't have yes. moss on your deck. <laughs> it was a Fixed very laid back. Deck. All my birthdays are laid back these days. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even expecting to get the power washer, and then I said to myself, "I think I kind of want a power washer." So you know what? It was I'm a power washer. Actually, no, I did two things for my birthday. I'll share you what to do. I got the I barged on the the compressor, the like the the power washer mm-hmm. uh, and a hose. Funnily enough, the hose was half the price of the compressor. That's what the deal. Like that's how good of a deal, or that's how expensive the hose was. One or the other, I don't know. But I needed a hose. The hose I had last year got a hole in it. Raccoons. Anyways, uh, needed a good hose. Uh, but uh, bah, bah, so I barged on that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you haven't learned this yet, but you will. Um, I, I I I I took myself on a, a date to go see Captain Marvel. Like, oh, I did the same thing. No, I've, yeah. I've totally learned that. I okay. mean, that's exactly what we're going to talk about here in our yeah. uh, our upcoming stress I, segment here. I was like, yeah. I, it's it's the second weekend. I really kind of want to see it before it gets too long in the tooth. Um, and before really kind of, Endgame comes out, you want to make sure that you've seen it before Avengers oh, yeah. Endgame. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's the worst of it. I think the timing is going to be wrong. Like, I think you'd ha- if you haven't seen it in the theaters, I don't think it's going to show up in your digital app before Endgame comes out. So mm, it may, you know, because of the overlap, I wonder if both of them will be in theaters at the same time. Like, if you could literally leave Captain it, Marvel it, and walk right it's perform- into it's performing well enough, it might, but I suspect at best yeah. you'll have to hunt for it. Like, it might yeah. be at the end of its. But, anyways, the point was, is um, I had some uh, 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 Cineplex up here does points when you like buy tickets online, you earn points. And I had enough points to get two tickets or one ticket to the VIP thing. 
Well, and what, what, is, what does the VIP treatment mean? Oh, uh, you what? guys have it too. It's like the reclining chairs. Oh, okay. All right. So you get yeah, the reclining chairs. And, and it's got the, the swing around table Ooh. and a menu. Like you can buy boozy milkshakes and stuff yeah, like that. That's, that's the way to do it. I got myself some chicken parmesan sliders. Delicious. I got myself uh, some sort of apple crumble. I got myself uh, a soda pop. And uh, I watched Captain Marvel. It was, uh, and that, so yeah, I got a compressor. I got that. And uh, yeah. I, I love it. it. Uh, well, and let's happy let's birthday talk. To me. Happy birthday! Happy that's birthday that's to a good me. way to uh, to spend your birthday. Uh, hmm. I do want to talk more about Captain Marvel. I think what we'll do okay. is we'll we'll save Captain Marvel for the end because I don't want everybody to tune out if they're trying to avoid spoilers <laughs> and they're like, "God, these guys started spoiling Captain Marvel six minutes into the podcast." Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I myself, I, I I barged a little bit. I bought a hat. Uh, I bought a, Ooh, I bought a Captain hat. Marvel hat because uh, you know oh, Marvel's got these great uh, crew caps that they make right. you feel like you're actually part of the crew by wearing the hat that the crew got, except gotcha. that you pay top dollar for yours and the crew got theirs for you know working their asses off. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So I've I've got one of those, and then I uh, I mean last week I mentioned it, I ended up picking up the Into the Spider Verse uh, 4K UHD, which yeah, <laughs> that was that was my big purchase, but. Uh, I still hold no for the steelbook on that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is that uh, which which we will talk about in the upcoming stress here. I have no space for steelbooks mm. anymore, so I end up just buying the normal whatever the Blu-ray releases or the UHD release, and then uh, right. the package uh, packaging goes right directly into a bag that goes back to Best Buy for recycling, and then I've got these little plastic sleeves that all of the discs <laughs> go into, so that I put them in a oh file cabinet God. and then. Yeah. So you've made it to 1991 mm-hmm. only with movies. Yeah. You, you have the big binder. Of I, yeah, like when you would go to Blockbuster and you would take the empty case up to the, the front of the store and then they would go through the file cabinet and be like, here you go, here's your movie. Uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I've, gotcha. I've had to do that because, you know, you got, you got a kid. And that's, again, yeah. in upcoming stress, we'll be talking about that, believe Thanks. me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's all, that's all the big purchase. I, I don't, I don't have a deck to power wash. Um, I could power wash my neighbor's windows maybe, but <laughs> I really need one of those. But, At least uh, too dry. You don't need to power wash. Yeah, no. Um, well, Hey, okay. So let's do this. Uh, some news stuff before we get into, uh, to our stresses. Um, I, I mean, Ghostbusters stress. Should we start with Ghostbusters stress? I mean, this this is after all sometimes a Ghostbusters podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, an April Fool's Day joke is an April Fool's Day joke, <laughs> but I think we also need to stay true to our agenda. <laughs> we do. And our agenda. The agenda order is: Ghostbusters is number one. Number two, uh, poke fun at yes, have some Play, every playfully yes. poke fun at our friends at YHS. So we better stick to one just for a all minute, right. and then we'll go back to two. So we're we're sticking to we're sticking to the YHS format, but we're going to do the news uh, because there is some stuff that's in the Ghostbusters universe that is happening that you're probably tuning in and you're like, all right, guys, the joke's worn thin. Keep going. Uh, so let's. <laughs> they say that every week, though, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. So two two news items, and then we will continue our 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 playful fun, and we'll actually talk about Bill and Ted and uh, what we do in Shadows and a few other things and Captain Marvel. But uh, on the Ghostbusters front. Uh, some Wizard World news that has yes. set the internet aflame, and then also some IDW news that's curious. Uh, two two things that I think we need to talk about to be timely here before we continue our our pop culture marathon. Uh, let's start with Wizard World. You want to start there, Chris? 
I think that's the one we should get out there first. Yeah, I feel like you're Just right. Just in case people get a little further in and go, no, this joke's even worse than the regular joke. <laughs> exactly. We're turning it off. So, all right. So here's here's what happened. Um, on a late Wednesday night, uh, Wizard World announced to the masses, uh, I, I got the email at about 4.32 p.m. And again, this is granted, yeah. this is after I've already purchased my class 10 ticket. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, Saturday admission to Ghostbusters Fan Fest tickets for only one forty nine ninety nine. So mm-hmm. basically, they're posing this as, uh, "Look, we've we've heard you. We've heard a lot of the feedback that the single day tickets are are way too expensive. Look, if you don't want to go Friday night to the screening, if you don't want some of the perks that you get for the other um, more expensive tickets, like some of the uh, the the merch perks and uh, some priority seating and." Uh, photo ops, all, all of these things that you can always add on a la carte. It sounds like, um, buy yourself, uh, one of these tickets for one forty nine ninety nine, Um, and, uh, you can now attend on Saturday that will get you admission to the studio lot with all of the access to the vendors, outdoor stages, programming, autographs, photo ops, uh, all of that you can purchase separately if you want to. So if you can't make it to Friday night, Great, you can now uh, save yourself some cash and, and spend this uh, 150 bucks. Um, or if you want to just go and do a photo op with uh, whomever it may be, you can purchase those photo ops uh, a la carte as you see fit. So, I th- yeah, very- they haven't put those out. They did update with a uh, just a small side photo ops and autographs, uh, but it's still in bundles, just not as part of the VIP. Like, it feels like it's for people who, well, now it's for people who come in in the Saturday thing as well as people who got the class one. And it's like uh, Real Ghostbusters photo op, 180 bucks. Autograph package, another 180 bucks. Ghostbusters 84 photo op package, 300 bucks. And the autograph package, 300 bucks. So at which point you start doing the math and go, why am I not just buying <clears throat> an upper class? Although that could make a certain amount of sense for somebody on one of these Saturday things, right? If they come in and go, you know, I just spent uh, 150 bucks to come in for the Saturday. And now I dropped 300 bucks to get my picture taken with everybody from Ghostbusters 1984. Uh, yeah, that yeah. seems kind of attractive. Well, and, and if you're not interested in the photo ops, if you're not interested in the uh, merch that comes with the tickets, uh, so on and so forth, but you just want to go in and see the programming. You want to go watch the panels. You want to go see what they announce. They talk about vendors. Yeah. yeah, It's, this is a good, I mean, it's still at $150. It's still, um, a a pricier ticket because we know that this is a a limited event. It's exclusive. It's on the lot. They can't let that many people in. So 150 bucks is still, um, you know, a, a pretty, pretty chunk of change. Yeah, well, they even said outright that there's a limited number of these even. So yeah, yeah. They, are, they are making it very clear that only a certain number of people are getting in the studio. Exactly. And and uh, the other part of this now is kids 12 and under will get in free with a paid adult. So that um, something that's you and I bad. talked about, that's, that's actually very lucrative to me now, too. It's like, well, you know, I... <laughs> I, I, Kelly and myself could come, but, uh, bring, bring in the little one. Well, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks for her. She does. She has no idea what's going on at this point in time. No. She, she would love all of the attractions and whatever might be happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's but a little overwhelming, free. but now she could come if she wants to. So, um, so that, that's, that's really cool. Now I do know, uh, just in the little bit of, of social media that I was able to see right before we started recording, uh, some people, 
I, I understand now that they kind of canceled their plans. They decided I'm not going to book a flight. I'm not going to book a hotel. And now all of a sudden there's yeah. this lucrative price point and they say, well, come on now. I don't have time to. So this, I, this is drawing in the people from nearby. It's unfortunately yeah, not going yeah. to serve people further away very well. Um, <clears throat> it may serve a handful of people that were planning on coming and may not have dropped the cash on a ticket yet. And they'll get, Here, here's the thing. It's, <laughs> it was very nice of them to put this out and go, we listened to the fans. And so we're offering this up. Uh, they still managed to not be terribly clear because the minute this went out, the people who were holding class one passes went, what exactly is the difference between theirs and mine? <laughs> right. Doesn't why seem why like am I paying lot. this much more money? Yeah. Uh, well, on the surface, it, it, though, it, there are a few things, obviously. So, if you get the Saturday, you're not coming to the movie Friday. The class yeah. one, you're going to the movie Friday. Although Saturday people can buy that extra. Um, the other thing was is they're making it pretty clear that uh, the the panels and presentations and all that uh, may not be able to accommodate every single person there if they decide they all want to go. Yeah, that was surprising that the panels are are limited. So what they were saying is if you if you hold one of the class uh, tickets. You'll get yeah, you're access first before the general admission crowd. If it sounds like, Saturday, you know, like you're at a yeah. concert. You all the people Although, that have floor seats get in first, and some of the people I did hear say, oh, "I'm I'm okay with that." They're happy to get in. They're happy to interact with the fans, see what they can see, and happy to line up to try to get into other stuff just because the price point fits. Um, there is this the 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 swag bag. Uh, which is still also got some question marks attached to it too, because some people was like, you know, it's not worth it for the the bag and the DVD, and it's like they also said limited edition collectibles are a part of it, like you're getting some some freebies out of it when yeah. you get a class pass, but they don't they haven't said. But what, what are those? We don't know. Yeah. So people aren't really taking those into account. Fair enough. Um, the one thing that happened very very quickly is word got out fast, reaction got out fast. And a couple of people were posting that they emailed saying, you know, well, asking that exact question, what am I getting for this? And they, they kind of laid out some of the stuff we just went over. They also said they're thinking about for, uh, they didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing. They're thinking about sweetening the class one pass. Uh, and I suspect that means that may, for example, some of those things we saw there, they may be able to uh, add on like a pack or maybe, uh, they haven't talked about much about individual autographs and photos with guests yet, but that may be part of it where they just go, here you go, pick your five faves, away you go. I don't know. I'm just inventing stuff. Please don't don't hold me to that. But they're talking about sweetening it, and in my mind, sweetening it means some access to the guests that are there, which is the one thing the class one did not have compared to the higher classes. Yeah, And I think if that gets added in, I think uh, a lot of people would go, Okay, I see the value to it. Uh, they also, some people ask, what if I want to downgrade? Because frankly, what you're offering now is almost exactly what I kind of wanted. Um, they're making noises like they have to get some sort of special okay mm. to do it. Okay. Um, I don't know. If enough people do it, Wizard may just happily convert it over. I don't know. Um I mean, it makes it makes sense if you if you sprung for that class one ticket, thinking that it was the only base entry level mm-hmm. ticket, and now there's here's something that's a little more economical, um, yeah. a couple hundred bucks Not, less. Um, yeah. I, you'd have to imagine a good chunk of people that got the class one, like because you, you think about it, what's the class one if you're not getting autographs with, um, 
you know, with, with the talent and stuff like that. Like, what are your options to, like, what, what is the attraction of it? And the attraction is, it's the only, it's the cheapest way to get in, short of being like, you know, whatever it was, kids uh, were getting in for, at the time, a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, so I can see quite a few people going, I would really kind of like to downgrade this. Uh, but, and I, the funny, and again, just weird, it's weird trying to parse wizards thinking because you think almost immediately if they got to this point with a number of people grabbing a class one, they should almost have anticipated and be ready to go, please don't downgrade because that's money from us going away. Here's what we're offering you for your class one just to try to retain as many people with their class one ticket price, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It is it is a little bit of a, a ball of yarn. I mean, and I, I mean, my hope is that this is opening the door for. I did see a, a couple people like positively Ghostbusters out there who said like, "Oh my god, I get to go to Fan Fest Definitely now," get to like, go, which is uh, awesome. So that yeah. that's kind of that's what my hope is, or the people that ha- had planned travel to Los Angeles and then when they got the ticket prices on this, they weren't able to. Um, to accommodate for that, so but they didn't cancel their vacation, so they're planning on going to Disneyland or, or whatever. So now maybe they can get in and, and spend the Saturday uh, at yeah. the Fan Fest. You know, I, I think the good news is this is opening the door for a few more folks that may not have have been able to make it in, and and as you say, the local uh, crowd as well. Uh, it's it's kind of getting a little more uh, general admission. Uh, yeah. just staying true to the namesake of the ticket, we're getting some general admission people into the the Admitted, panels. Admittedly, well. the people we're hearing from is the kind of um, the harder core online community. Yeah. I think, I think people's reaction to, well, this is more crap. Um, again, I, I don't want to be a wizard apologist, but the number of people are like, they should have thought of this before they got greedy. It's like, you don't know how much the guests are asking for, and you don't know how much it costs to rent a yeah. studio for a day. Yeah. So it's really hard to throw that greedy thing around. Cause you don't know what the math is. Uh, it it may it may be inaccessible and unreasonable on our end. That doesn't mean that on their spreadsheet, it's borderline or maybe cutting deep just to make it happen. Or I none of this screams. And this is Wizard World's cash cow for the year. Um, no, and it also screams. It, it screams like the technology trend of early adoption to me. Like because yeah. w- what I noticed is all of all of the fans, all of us here that have uh, podcasts uh, that we talk on a weekly basis about Ghostbusters, we knew about Fan Fest. We knew that the, t- the tickets were on sale. Um, and then about a week ago, that's when they really started their advertising and marketing. And I, I started that, getting yeah. like texts from people who would say like, Hey, have you seen this? Did you know that this is happening? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, curiously they, they, timed variety, with this announcement. So yeah, right. They, they're spending money on like variety magazine and places like this to run yeah. these, these ads. Like they're really, they're really kicking it into gear. And it's interesting that this is time just as they're, they announced the, here's the Saturday pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the people so, that are clicking on these banner ads, now they're like, oh, there's a $150 ticket? Great. That's what I'll do. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're so this is going um, <laughs> to be a percentage of people going all out in full Ghostbusters regalia. And a lot of the – you're scaring the straights. <laughs> so, okay? What's all this then? What, um, what's okay. all this? Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, though, this <laughs> continues to – a small silver lining to this is uh, this um, – Increased a lot of people's interest in refocusing on uh, PKE surge at Dragon Con, uh, just because it's the regular. Uh, a lot of interest in upping the presence at uh, Comic Con. Uh, of course, there is EctoCon, 
being pulled together for next year mm-hmm. uh, in Scotland. And in the wake list, somebody announced Ecto One Cruise. <laughs> like they're trying <laughs> to gather a bunch of people onto a boat. That was, did somebody steal our crew, our Star Trek cruise idea? I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. Uh, they should pay us. Ecto One then, Cruise, yeah. Then I'm going to upgrade to a Class 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's still some shaking down to you know to find out some details. But all of a sudden, I think a lot more. Um, uh, I, I think it increased the opportunity. I, what yeah. I like is they didn't get to this point and go, oh, "This is all falling apart. We should shut it down right now." There's like, nope, nope. Uh, we're still going full steam ahead. Yeah, we're which is great news. Yeah. yeah so um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, reach out to us. Let us know how you guys are feeling about the this new ticket. Uh, voicemail is always a good a good spot to uh, to tell us about that. Um, all right, one more Ghostbusters uh, news item. This is one that we can touch on quickly because I want to give us uh, this. This is the the one. It's not even a real Ghostbusters item. To be no, honest. I mean, and, and it's just a, a quick blurb, just to to reassure everybody. Like, you know, this is not meaning that uh, the Ghostbusters books that all of the the wonderful creative team are working on is going <laughs> away. I think that was the gut reaction that some people had when they saw this news, and uh, I think we can kind of. Uh, just rest, reassure everybody, like everything is fine. Um, so IDW Entertainment, uh, according to Newsarama, um, is being valued currently or, or reviewed, I guess I should say, by J.P. Morgan. Um, basically, what they're trying to do is, is assess almost like if they're uh, refinancing their company, trying to get a sense of what their company is worth, if they want to uh, revalue it to the stockholders, if they want to share some of it and sell some of it off to other parties. Um, yeah. Well, that's what kicked this off too. There's actually a capital, nine percent capital shareholder, that uh, put a push on for this evaluation. Yeah, uh, and 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 this is not entirely surprising because if you're following the entertainment industry, um, IDW, not the comics branch, but the entertainment branch that's responsible for some of the sci-fi shows um, and and some of their television stuff, they've been having some issues. Uh, I know that is it Winona Earp. I think is the the show that they have that's on Sci Fi Channel that it didn't get canceled by the network, but the the production company had to shut it down because they had basically run out of money. And uh, yeah. so there was a big outcry from those fans, like, "Hey, save our show! What's going on?" And everybody said, "Look, we're trying. We're we're doing our best. We'll figure it out." So. Yeah. Uh, and and this you know in the Newsarama article there the the journalism on this is actually pretty solid I love it uh, Newsarama hearkening back to their roots um, because they do say look other companies have done this very same thing like uh, Boom Dark Horse they've done this when they need to um, raise funds for new projects or if they need to grow the company or whatever needs yeah. to happen they they've done this in the past this is not unprecedented so. Um, so anyway, so you're going to see headlines if you haven't already that IDW might be up for sale or a portion of IDW might be up for sale. Uh, all, all is well, uh, Transformers and the Ghosts of Cybertron are still coming. So make sure you've pre-ordered those and you're ready for that release. Uh, don't, don't sweat it. Everything is cool with IDW. Um, and then I guess uh, just really quickly, Chris, uh, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll do this next week when we have a, a proper episode of the show that we're not, uh, we're not being playful with, with yes, have some, but, um, I, I think, and, and you and I will probably talk about this more, but I think it's going to be the, the general, um, uh, modus operandi. Like it's going to be our MO here on the podcast to not talk about leaks. 
and uh, things things of that nature mm-hmm. uh, on the show. So um, if you may have seen some uh, Ghostbusters uh, 2020 news, uh, it, it, I just I have always been an advocate. I don't want to see character reveals or costume reveals or anything like that from some dude that's up on a roof that's got a long lens camera and is like shooting it from uh, uh, ten football fields away. It's just not cool. So. Um, I, and we'll, we'll get into this more next week. I feel like it's, it's a bigger conversation, yeah. but, uh, yeah, uh, we'll get into it. I, it's something individually we think about and it's something you and I talk about all the time and mostly it comes down to playing it by ear just as yeah. we, as fans, what we think is appropriate, uh, yeah, or leaving you know the door when something is to, official and you know when something yeah. is not. Yeah. Um, I also feel this time, given that Reitman said that he's, you know, they got a plan for, how they reveal stuff to us. <clears throat> I think personally that kind of sets it up that uh, if stuff does come out and I go, okay, fair game. And then I could report it. And then they go, we can't like to keep that under wraps for a while. I think in certain instances, I'm happy to, you know, play ball with that too, just because, I, there's nothing to be gained by me undermining their plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and it seems like it seems like half the experience is going to be the way that things are are revealed to us, uh, either yeah. before the movie comes out or during the movie. So you know, I don't want to demean any of that either. So no, um, I, I think it's a good place to mention it, just because that way, if people go, "What was the thing I thought I saw and I can't find?" Yeah, and uh, I, I tune into that. the podcast to to get clarification and and mm, yeah, they're not talking about it. It's like, well, just relax. It'll probably come later at. More yeah. appropriate time. So it is. So. It is the official stance of of this here interdimensional cross rip that uh, we we won't really discuss that kind of stuff. But uh, we'll, again, right. we'll we'll get into that more next week uh, because okay. Chris, we have about thirty minutes left. Is it time to talk about how I never watched Dino Riders as a kid? <laughs> how how is that? Po- how did you miss Dino Riders? That's what listening I'm to the podcast. Than all of you. That's how. There's a lot of. That's the joke. There's a lot of cartoons. <laughs> that's stuff also that true. That's I didn't also watch because I was already out of it. Dino Riders was after. Dino Riders was one of those ones that happened like right in the midst of uh, Starcom and Centurions and yeah. Sectars, and there was basically oh, everything that wanted my money all at once. And there was a, there yeah. was like a one two year period, one to two year period, and ghost and it, it hovers around real Ghostbusters because I've talked about this before. That was just kind of the transition from all right, I want that toy, that's amazing. To I think I'm kind of moving on from toys. Um, yeah, yeah. It just happens to kids, and so I remember the Sectars. I remember. I think I got, or maybe my brother did, and it was really kind of cool to play with. I don't know. Those I was impressed with just because the, uh, they did the, the glove bugs. Oh like yeah. Those. I had like a they, spider. It was a spider that had, you put yeah. this like silk yeah, well, glove on and it was the legs yeah. of the spider. That yeah. was the legs of the spider. So yeah. it wasn't just holding a jet and flew around with it. You actually got to pretend you were the animal and all that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and the action uh, figures that rode on top of them were like these weird, like he-man proportioned insect humanoid thing. I don't even remember what the, I think it was a comic book. It didn't even have a Saturday morning cartoon or anything. It was just a comic that they were based on, but basically, yeah, I, um, or actually by that point, nine times out of 10, it also could have been a toy and then they made a comic. (laughs) Yeah. They retroactively made the property. Yeah. Property of it. Um, no, it was, it was, it was, um, GI Joe, uh, and transformers, and then I started to fall out with it. So uh, as people moved into He-Man, uh, 
real Ghostbusters, Turtles, and then all the stuff that came after, like yeah. Dino Riders, all Dino that. Oh, Visionaries. Out. Do you remember yeah. Visionaries? Did was that one you that you latched onto? Because those were awesome with like the sort lith, of. the holographic. Uh, all, all I remember lenticular. at the time is that it seemed like they were they were doubling down on the 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 Marvel superhero figures that yeah. had the uh, shields as well. Like they were like, we make we can make these things, make more, <laughs> do more of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I had one Dino Rider. It was a Triceratops, and it had this really cool like. The uh, missile cannon thing that uh, went around its its neck, and then when Jurassic Park came around, he became a, a an inhabitant of Jurassic Park. But I'll tell you, I actually am old enough that, um, so I had the bucket of action figures. I don't know what kids are like these days. I don't know if they like become brand loyal or something like that. But I remember it was always the bucket of figures and they all played together. Yeah. You just um, tossed, tossed all of the, the toys into one bin. So yeah, yeah GI Joe and star Wars, they all played together a lot. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up out East. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of big backyard and flower beds and all that. Flower beds are awesome for converting into you know bases and adventures. <laughs> uh, and, the forest moon of Endor, things like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, great, right? Like building your own little twig huts and stuff like that for the figures. But the best part was at that time, Fisher Price was also trying to get in on that market a little bit. And the best part about it was they didn't make a lot of figures, and the figures weren't that exciting. But the vehicles were amazing. So they had like a uh, like a boat, and it was the right scale. Like the figures were a little heavier than the and less finely detailed than the you know GI Joe and Star Wars, but same scale, which meant screw the G, the, the the Fisher Price figures. All of a sudden, you know, GI Joe and all that had a boat that actually worked. Like Fisher Price only sold stuff that, that actually floated, and yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Like you put the you put the GI Joe hovercraft to the tub, <laughs> it right sinks the to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so this thing, or it had they had a biplane like that, not a biplane, but you know, like a, uh, you know, one of those single engine uh, type uh, aircraft. Again, not super techno-y like GI Joe had and all that sort of thing, but the damn thing. Uh, not only flew, but it had a way for, like, uh, not flew, but uh, it had pontoons that were sealed so it could float on water, which was amazing. It had a grip that you could hold on, and you, it was similar to the back end of the heli- G.I. Joe helicopter, that if you pulled the switch, the the thing would... Um, the, the, the rotors, the would blades get. would, yeah, yeah. Great stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah. <sighs> Those were the and days. All these other toys came along, and I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, the best part girls, is that I, I have a murder. Girls, tr- whoa. Uh, Sorry, I meant punk rock. And um, this turned into like a, a Durst thing here. Uh, murder. Drag uh, racing. Uh, racing for pink racing slips. For pink slips. <laughs> <laughs> were you a, were you a jet or were you a, no. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty, like I have all of, well, not all of them, but I have a good chunk of, of all of the toys that I had that were in the same bin. Like, yeah. Then one of those giant, like Tupperware container things. And, uh, I'm holding on to them, uh, for my little one so that she can, uh, play with those eventually. But I had a a friend, uh, long after my friends moved out, went to university, got on with their lives and all that, uh, we're over visiting or something, you know, back home and go up to visit. She's like, I was cleaning. His mom was like, I was cleaning and I found these. And she pulled out a, uh, uh, one of those plastic film canisters, uh, ask your parents, kids. 
uh, and she popped it open and it was filled with uh, Star Wars um, weapons. <laughs> all the blasters because, and all the accessories well, they're, that they're you would things, lose. Yeah, yeah. They're the things that you lose. So she would take them and she stored them, which seemed strange to me because then you never got to use them. And she popped it open. I looked at it. I said, oh, you have about $100 there. She's like, what? <laughs> That's one expensive like, film canister that you ended up finding. It's like exactly. I was like, yeah, people want those. So, uh, yeah, people pay top uh, dollar for the real ones, not the reproduction ones. Uh, exactly right. So uh, hey, find find those and sell those. That's that's better I than collecting be coins. Guy. And yeah, you know, like people make jokes about that guy in the History Channel that was porn historian. Like, how do I get that job? I want to be the guy that, but uh, it's not. It's not as. Um, uh, it's not as classy as being like an, uh, an art appraiser, but I want to be the guy that can appraise toys. Uh, I want to be the guy that knows antique pop culture, <laughs> antique roadshow. I want to, be, I want to be the guy that, uh, Oh wow. So you have a film canister filled with what looks to be a variety of star Wars toys. Um, I'm not an expert, but I'm kind of calling over John. John comes over. All right. You can see by the flash scene here, on uh, Hans blaster that this is the real one. So this one, uh, do you know how much it's worth? And it's like a uh, dollar. No, it's more like fifty. Um, anyways, I, yeah, I've, and and in the Antiques Roadshow that just happened in my mind, you had a lower third that said action figure accessory appraiser, uh, <laughs> which I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want that job. That's got to be a real thing, but uh, well, actually, it probably is a real thing. We got. I I want to be on. I want to be the guy that gets on TV. So I have to level up real fast schmooze my way through Hollywood, get a show, and then off we go. Yeah, done, done. done. In the meantime, maybe you can uh, sign up and be an extra on uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot or Bill and Ted 3 because everybody that I know was an extra on Jay and Silent Bob Reboot last week, um, yeah. and now everybody is clamoring to try to, to sign up and be a part of Bill and Ted 3. Can you believe that, man? Like a third Bill and Ted movie and a, Ghostbuster, a, a Ghostbusters 3 continuation movie coming within that. a month of each other. Well, let's be honest. They've been <sighs> Bill and Ted Three feels like something that's been slowly coming our way for a couple of years. Like I know they talk about it; they used to talk about it all the time, but it was very much one of those. Oh, we talk about it from time to time, maybe someday. But it feels like for the last year, every once in a while, they were like, if that, like you know, Alex Winter would be like, "Yeah, I think we're kind of getting close, but I don't want to talk about it quite yet." Uh, and then there'd be things like you know, photos of him and. Keanu Reeves hanging out. Everybody goes, what the hell does that mean? It's like, well, it means they got together to talk about Bill and Ted 3 because they're friends. (laughs) They don't get to see each other often, but they're hanging out and they probably talked about it. So I don't know. And then, yeah, people are like, out of the blue. It was like, Well, you know that Ed Solomon, especially if you follow him on Twitter, he posts like his notes, uh, that yeah. that uh, that the, the two of them were working on him and him and Chris Matheson, you know, when they were writing the original script, it was this uh, characters that they did uh, during their improv, and so he was digging through and coming up with ideas, and and they always kind of joked about it, you know, maybe we'll come back to Bill and Ted when they're in their fifties and their kids hate them because they're deadbeat dads, and uh, <laughs> and now and Rufus is gone, so what are they going to do? Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I mean, especially yeah. I was a big fan of the like the Evan Dorkin comics uh, back in the yeah. day. The um, cartoon was pretty good. Cartoon was actually pretty good. The the live action show was not good, which we've talked about here on this show uh, in the past. <laughs> Um, and I, I am one of those people that I will defend Bill and Ted's bogus journey until the day I die. Like th- that's one of those movies yeah. where I watch it with friends and they're like, dude, this is terrible. Turn it off. I'm like, no, this is so great. It's like gremlins too good because they, 
they knew that they were making a sequel and they they played that up. They hammed it up to eleven. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, no, it, it was it's it's kind of like um, this is gonna sound weird to people. It's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, where when they went out to make Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, they when they they brought him back. Was it Toby Hooper? Yeah, I think Toby uh, Hooper was the original. Yeah, I, and he was back for the second one, I think, I, or wrote it or something. When they, when they, it was, it was one of those. No, like, how do you redo the first one? You don't. And then they got into their head of what if it was just kind of ridiculously, gorily hilarious and over the top. And actually, if you want to get all film history and kind of, eat, it was the one that kind of pulled the the plug out of the dam in terms of just going super gory, like. Up to that, there was that new uh, era of horror coming in, like with Halloween and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But remember, you think back to those, and you're like, there was a lot of implied violence. I didn't see a lot of gore. And then you get to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a few others all at the same time went, well, this is the new joke. Super gory. Uh, Bill and Ted 2 is the same thing where they went, no, why don't we just... Yeah, why, why pull out all the stops? Yeah, where, where, what are we going to do? I don't know, send them to hell? Okay, cool. Yeah. Like okay. Before Ghostbusters uh, 3 did it, Bill and Ted did it. Alex Winter is going to uh, be put in a fat suit and play his own aunt. Uh, <laughs> great, let's do that. And, and there's going to be two aliens where you can see their naked butts, uh, and we're going to call them Station. <laughs> and <laughs> and a robot, robot versions of them. Robot, like it was just... Two version, two robot versions of them, and then the Grim Reaper is going to show up, and that's that's why I bring this up because it's been confirmed that William Sadler is coming back as yes. Death, who who is the standout character in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, and and to the point where where we we were talking about um, uh, all of the references that were happening in. Uh, in the most recent Ghostbusters IDW series and everybody went back to like, is that supposed to be death from Bill and Ted? Cause he's playing chess and the, the whole joke that, you know, they're playing battleship for their lives and well, no, actually that's, that's a, that's a reference of something else. So this is now a <laughs> reference of a reference in theory. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, William Sadler is one of those, like he was on agents of shield and was just a, a awesome, just such a nice dude. And uh, for a guy that always plays the bad guy, I think he's been. What is a? Yeah, no, he's um. Die Hard Two. He was the bad guy, if I remember yeah. correctly. Oh yeah, he was the commander, the military commander. Yeah. Um. You know, he he's always kind of typecast in in that heavy role, and then you know you see him play Death uh, on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and it's like, oh man, this guy he's got a wonderful sense of humor. He's just got a great the, funny bone. What's the line? You may be a something or a... Or even a street sweeper, but sooner or later you're going to dance with the Reaper. reaper, Get down with your bad self, huh? (laughs) Oh, God, that montage at the end where it's like uh, Death goes on his uh, solo album tour and it just flops. (laughs) Uh, And they let him out of the makeup to play a British guy at the end. Uh, Yes, yeah, during that whole uh, TV sequence. God, I'd love... And the the Kiss song at the end. I just, I love that movie. I don't care what anybody says. I love Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm looking forward to it just because, well, well, the music was great in the first two. I want to see where the music ends up now sort of thing, like when they start bringing in. Because they have to, it kind of gets married into the music of the time, right? And right now, uh, that that 80s metal is kind of regarded as cool retro, but it's not 
quite on. Like, I'm really kind of keen to see what they do with it. I, yeah, I, I almost wonder if they stay kind of true to the 80s. So, like, the, the soundtrack is going to be, like, Winger and Whitesnake. Which is and, fine, but, yeah. but imagine them do, writing, performing, doing those songs, but again, with the current production sensibilities. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and and, and uh, the younger audience is going to be like, oh, dude, retro is cool. Like, 80s and 90s is in now. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say before we travel on, can can I, you mentioned Ed Sullivan. Can, did you read Ed Sullivan's Gary Shandling thing? No, about Gary Shandling? Yeah. I mean, he, it, he was interviewed in the Gary Shandling doc, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't read anything. Well, because well, he worked from on the, it's the Gary Shandling show. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of his early, it was his early start or something like that. But it's, uh, last week uh, was the end, three years. Which is kind of kind of sad because Gary Shanley was actually a really great part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, oh, he was. God. He was. Uh, he was Hail Hydra, Senator. Hail Hydra, Senator. Senator yeah. Stearns. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but no, but uh, Ed Sullivan was talking about. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I was going to read it because uh, several years after we worked together on his first TV show, I was outside at a cafe on Beverly Boulevard. I was working on the outline of Men in Black, so it'd have to be early 93. And I happened to be wearing a crew gift t-shirt that said, it's Gary Shandling's t-shirt. I was there hours. At one point, I got the sense I should look up, and what I saw was Gary crossing the street kitty corner from me while remaining on the opposite sidewalk. But here's the thing. He was wearing a t-shirt, and that t-shirt said, it's Ed Sullivan's (laughs) t-shirt. I have no idea how long he'd been there or if he passed several times. And he never looked at me, not once. He just kept walking, turned a corner, and disappeared. And that was it. No 10-minute-later smiling drive-by, nothing. After work, I went home and called. But when he picked up, I didn't say anything. I just asked if he wanted to shoot hoops on the weekend. And when we played, nothing was said, nor when we (laughs) ate. So I said nothing, nor did he, ever. Some call Gary the comedian's comedian. But, man, it's not just his going that far. Uh, to build, then play a visual gag in real space for an audience of one that gets me. It's something more. Gary knew that by not showing up for the laugh, he could access something far deeper, far sweeter, far more rare, and far more exquisite. That moment, not when the audience explodes, but the moment before that moment, the moment of the anticipation of that moment. And he knew that by not going there, by not coming in for the kill or the credit, he could truly make that feeling last a lot longer, maybe even forever. Uh, I was like that because you got to think about it. Like he had to be walking down Beverly, <laughs> saw that he was there writing in the morning, ran out and got a T-shirt printed up, <laughs> and, and then put it on and proceeded to walk around until he knew he had seen him. Oh my god! And then went away. I mean, that's that, the kind I of mean, stuff. Uh, yeah. Like if if I mean, we're big proponents of the uh, Gilbert Gottfried podcast, but if you listen to the interview that yeah. he does with Alan Zweibel. Who, who has a lot of those Gary Shandling stories. Yeah. The bummer is I can't repeat any of them on, on this particular podcast because <laughs> we're trying to avoid our explicit lyric. But um, he would call Alan Zweibel at like three or four o'clock in the morning and just like tell him a joke. And, and <laughs> then that would be it. Like he would, <laughs> the phone would ring and Alan would pick it up and it'd be like, Alan, hey, it's Gary. Uh, and then he would he would say the joke, which unfortunately I can't, again I can't repeat. But just for an audience of one, unbelievable. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so Ed did Solomon. You listen, did you listen to this week's with Andrew Bergman? I did. Oh God, it's so good. 
It's but they don't even get into Fletch. They don't get into any of his later stuff. All they talk about is is Blazing Saddles and and uh, the in laws and the in laws, which is a wonderful movie too. Listeners, he kind of watched that movie. Uh, They made reference to it. It got picked as a Criterion movie, and that says something. Like if you're a comedy that gets picked by Criterion. It better be a funny movie. Yeah, it's huge. Well, and you look at the people that are in it too, which they they go into in the podcast. But you know, like uh, Falk and uh, Alan Arkin and Alan Arkin, yeah, right just, there. It's so just, good. Yeah. But um, so yeah, let's go go listen to the uh, the Gilbert Godfrey sorry, podcast. I didn't mean but, to dive, it was mostly just wanted to tell that out Sullivan one. I reposted it like on my own page. Ah, uh, that's fine. Like, that one's amazing. That's what we do here on the Yes Have Some Cross Rip is. We, we tell these anecdotal things. Um, but uh, let's see, what else did I want? Oh, you know, hey, uh, What We Do in Shadows is on TV right now. I wanted to talk about that, but I didn't get a chance For to watch you, it. you, I'm not sure where I get to watch it, to be oh, honest. Oh, really? You don't get to... Is it not... Uh, the FX is not the same in Canada? I did not know that. No, it is, but I don't have cable. Oh, hmm. I ditched cable years ago. See. This will come back. This will come up in the stress thing. All right, all right. We'll save that for your stress then. But anyway, uh, if you haven't seen the What We Do in Shadows movie, it's on Amazon Prime. you got to watch that. Uh, And the TV show, I'm hoping, is just as good. That's uh, Taika Waititi's thing. If you liked Thor Ragnarok, uh, you will 100% love uh, What We Do in Shadows. There was an article today that said it's exactly like the movie, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, and there are, like, when we talk about our Acroid-adjacent things uh, here on the CrossRip, or... I mean, when, I when they fun. talk about, yeah, when on the CrossFit podcast, when they when talk about Accurate Adjacent. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what we do in Shadows is a good allegory to, to Ghostbusters. It's that, that comedy mixed with the kind of terrifying, kind of unsettling uh, horror genre. But uh, yeah, check, check it out. I'm going to go watch it. I, I was hoping that I could watch it before we recorded, but that didn't happen. And wow. uh, what else? Uh, I want to talk about the Robocop KFC commercials, but I don't know what we can talk about. It's... They're funny. There's lots to talk about. They're, I mean, the they're really good. Yeah. The commercials, like, and it's Peter Weller's voice, which is it freaking awesome. You know what? It, what it's doing is it's doing the exactly what they wanted to do, which is by taking the Colonel brand and slapping it into some area of pop culture. They then pick up that demographic, like Reba McIntyre. I was aware of it, but it's not like it lit my social media on fire. Uh, I know what's his name, the wrestler. When they did him, that kind of got picked up in certain circles. That yeah, I'm Norm McDonald. I'm trying to remember all the different Norm kernels yeah. they've done. I mean, Robocop then, is yeah, the one that obviously Robocop makes a big statement. Yeah, lit everything up, right? Like, uh, uh, they did the dirty dancing thing with the uh, Mrs. Butterworth uh, pancake chicken or chicken and waffles. They did, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I mean, they're so funny, and the Robocop costume looks so great, and it's so good to hear. Uh, Peter Weller doing the voice. I don't think that's him in the suit, right? That can't be him uh, in the suit. Not. Uh, no. Peter Weller. Speaking of Leviathan, Peter Weller, man, that guy, he's in everything. But uh, so yeah, RoboCop. Those those are cool. I I I want to see more it, of those. The commercial I see all the time is uh, Hasbro has gone nuts trying to. Uh, uh, it's all over. They've struck some sort of advertising deal with Cartoon Network because a friend was telling me he was seeing these ads on the the channel. And I see them on the uh, YouTube, uh, Cartoon Network's YouTube channel because that's what Thomas likes to check out every once in a while. And it's for this game called Don't Step In It. <laughs> I haven't Have seen you heard those. of this? No. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to warn you right now, one dad to another, when your child reaches the age that they want the weirdly interactive games, 
<clears throat> if they're cheap, great, but they're not going to stick around. Like Pie Face. Oh yeah, the Pie, pie face. face. Yeah, that's pie like face. that's a, a one shot wonder. You do it once, and then um, it's like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Soggy doggy. Soggy, Soggy doggy. It's, yeah. it's like it's like the space shuttle of of, of board games. Like it involves a uh, like a vibrating endoskeleton for a dog <laughs> that you then wrap around the cartoon. <laughs> Squishy, you know those squishy balls with the little tentacles yeah. all over it? Yeah. Like, yeah, you cover it with that. And then it's got a, um, a shower head. You fill the tray with water. You, you, everybody takes turn rolling. Depending on what number comes up, you have to press the, the shower. Oh, my God. And that, that sprays the dog, so the dog's getting wet. And then randomly, it goes off, and the dog shakes himself dry over everybody. Like, it's just... So he got, uh, he was in love with that. And anyways, the new one, he's like, ar, ar. I'm like, no, you're not. No. And basically it's a, uh, plastic mat of a, a lawn and they have, uh, tubs of Play-Doh and a mold to make dog poop. You put Play-Doh dog poop <laughs> over a yard. You blindfold the kids and, uh, I'm looking uh. at it going, you know what? Just blindfold them and send them to the dog park. Like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Well, but it's 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 cleaner. You're using Play-Doh instead of the real. The premise is thing. really what's kind of uh, driving me Like what it what it seems to be something. Like I imagine that it's like uh, you know, no, we don't want your cutie kitty. Get out of here. Who's next? All right, two words: scat games. Make that man VP development. Like it's like what? Because right now it seems to be like we've hit that that the dip again where it's like here's your your doll that pees. Here's your doll that poops. Here's your your long dog poop. It's like no, we don't. Yeah. So I get, well, the no. funny part is it works cuz kids freaking love it, but uh, anyways. I, I like what I'm about. Yeah, I don't I don't. Sounds like you're stressed uh, about that. Is, <laughs> is that No, just in my Annoyed. Oh, Clint okay. Eastwood annoyed. I'm just I'm squinting on my pressure wash deck, shaking my head with disgust at them. Get so off my I'm lawn doing. with your Play-Doh poop. <laughs> um, uh, trailers? Lots of trailers. So, oh, tons of trailers. Oh my goodness. Uh, which uh, I mean, we talked about a few of them last week, but which ones? Oh, Tarantino. The new Tarantino. Oh, the Tarantino. Movies. I I still haven't seen it. You haven't watched the trailer? No, and I really oh, want my to. God. It's uh, so once once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, right? Uh, is that the name of it? Yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, about I think it's based. I don't know if it's a fictional actor in a fictional western, but everything else around it is real because it's kind of his life, but how it overlaps with like the Manson murders. Like Margot Kidder is uh, no Margot Robbie. Sorry, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Margot no, Robbie is sadly, uh, yeah. This is why they won't let me on the yes have some of my references <laughs> or twenty five years for, for off, those yeah the thirty are, years skewed off of theirs. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, <laughs> you've got me. Who's got you, Mister J? Um, uh, she plays uh, Sharon Tate, so that tells you how kind of wrapped up in the the stories it is. Yeah, this is going to um, be a we. It, it almost like the the premise of it feels kind of Coen Brothersy to me. That's why I was bit, I was wondering yeah. how it was going to play if it was going to be more Tarantino or kind of a little Coen Brothers uh, farcical or um, I ran into it completely by accident because somebody retweeted the actor uh, I can't remember his first name but his, his last name was Mo uh, I think it's M O H if I remember correctly he plays Bruce Lee in the movie 
Oh, I've heard oh, about this. Oh, he is spot on. I've heard he's like so good. And it actually makes the trailer because it redoes the whole, my my hands are registered as deadly weapons. If we get into a fight and I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. It's like, you accidentally, you, you get into a fight and you accidentally kill someone, you already go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, it's the it's the sale line in the, in the whole. The oh whole. man, yeah, I'm I'm curious because I know that uh, it wasn't that long ago they completely retrofitted uh, Hollywood Boulevard to look like it did in in uh, yeah. the early seventies uh, at that for, at that point exactly in time. Exactly this thing, yeah. Oh, because he 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 loves that. Like this is is this the last one? Did he say nine or ten? Uh, I don't know. He I feel like he always says that it's the last one, and then. Like at, at one point, uh, Kill Bill Two is going to be the last one, and then uh, Hateful Eight was going to be the last one. Yeah, uh, maybe he can't stop. Maybe, yeah. although frankly, if he was to end making movies, this would make sense. Like his last love letter to Hollywood, which is like his everything else was his his love letter to the movies that Hollywood makes, yeah, whereas yeah. this one is a love letter to the town that makes movies. Uh, yeah, he always kind of did his like. So, Kill Bill was his love letter to to that genre. Sukiyaki, which he didn't direct, uh, was his love yeah. letter to those. Yeah, so that makes makes a lot of sense. I got to watch that trailer. I the, I am so far behind right now. It is ridiculous how busy things. This this thematically are. is part of my stress. We'll get there. <sighs> let's do like <laughs> let's get into. It. We have about ten minutes left. I feel like okay. we need to, we need to get into our stresses. Oh, I'm stressed. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Why don't you do something with your life? <laughs> now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's All right, Chris. Uh, this is the segment in our show where we talk about everything that's stressing us. And uh, by stress, we mean uh, not real stress, but like fun stress. Not 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 the stress that turns your beard gray, uh, not the stress that keeps you up at night, but fun stress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fun stress. Air quotes. Fun stress. What? Uh, let's start with you, Chris. What? Uh, what's what's stressing you out, man? Oh, what was the thing that stressed me? Oh, um, I've kind of hit. Okay, so I don't know. You can tell me if I always seem to recall that when I was uh, when I was a younger man. Um, it always felt like I, I get everything in and it doesn't mean life, life experiences. Like, cause that's kind of subjective to a person. Like some people are travelers, some people are not travelers. So that's kind of a different thing. What, and, and frankly, now that I, I am, uh, I am me, uh, the age that I am, uh, I'm kind of okay. Like if I do get to travel places, great. If I see an opportunity to travel, great, but I'm not dying to travel i've traveled to most of the places that i'm kind of really keenly interested in seeing uh and actually a few that i wouldn't mind seeing feel like they're probably gonna topple into <laughs> political revolt or something south america is uneven in a few places but uh, japan japan might be it i really want to go to japan i really taiwan. actually that's not true i saw i saw i think it might have been nancy bourdain one where he goes to taiwan and i kind of kind of and it was all about the food but i'm kind of like ah, taiwan seems kind of cool maybe i want to go see taiwan but um uh i always felt like like i'm going to consume all the cool stuff that i want until it you know i die and then of course i would say i can't anymore 
and now I'm stressed because slowly but surely over time, like originally, like I got to the point where it's like, I am not going to be able to read all the books I want to read. And then it turned into, I am not going to be able to hear all the music I could ever want to possibly hear. And then recently, and this is what's like, I came to grips with that. It's like, well, books have been around a long time. There's a lot of books. Music's been around a long time. There's a lot of music. Like, you know what I mean? Like I talk myself into, I'm never going to get to it. Like that's, that's kind of unreasonable anyway. So you know what? I'll pick my top faves. And if I can get through them, bucket list, win. Except now we're at this weird, like I grew up in the, um, you know, the three channel era of television. And then remember when it, it transitioned into cable and then the joke was, Oh yeah, like a hundred channels, nothing on sort of thing. And it, it was right. Like there was a few things where you're like, Oh, that's cool. But you could pick and choose here and there. Even the three channel era, you didn't want to watch everything, right? You had your friends like, all right, I saw a match this week and I saw Barty Miller. I'm good. Thank yeah, but, but that's also when you discovered things like you, there was nothing else on. So you ended up watching whatever was on uh, channel but, 31. No, and that's true. But you had time for it. Yeah, that's true. The problem that's I'm true. having now is that we're out the other end where we're not in the hundred channels. Nothing. We're not even in the thousand channels and nothing. Else. We are in the, the oh God, it's like we're in the cloud of film and television and uh, there's lots on and I'm never going to get to it. And this one's really kind of hurting because and it's, yeah. it's like you, like I, I realized. So when I was sick, it allowed me to put like a real binge head on to try to get through some stuff. I got through the expanse, which was great. Um, I got halfway through preacher and that was about as far as it could take me. Right. Like I, I'm behind on the Orville. I'm behind on, I'm like, I'm still only, one third of the way into the second season of Luke Cage. So obviously yeah. I haven't moved on to Daredevil. I haven't moved on to, uh, you know, third season Daredevil. I haven't moved on to second season Iron Fist. And I know people are out there going, oh, you didn't miss anything. No, I want to see it. Like, yeah, yeah. Punisher. I, you I, got a Punisher a season in there season too. Like, and now they're, and this is what kind of got me is they announced when, because again, as expected, they were cutting down all these old shows uh, and then, you know, Disney, uh, actually, this is a broader thing to talk about stress wise, Disney buying Fox. Holy. It's weird. God. It's really weird. It's very weird. But, but you can start to see the moves towards, yay, we, <laughs> Disney now has the infinity gauntlet of Marvel properties is what it is. That's, uh, well, yeah, that was part of it. Yeah. They shut down all their, the, the Netflix stuff. They're like, no, they're not coming back. And everybody goes, why? They're great. Booze. Like, because they're starting their own streaming channel and they own everything now. Like, everybody is. That's, that. that's not helping it's, now is everybody's got their own streaming service. Like CBS has their own thing. That's going to have uh, four yeah, Star Trek yeah, shows and the Twilight Zone. I'm like, I don't have, I, I, I don't have time. there's not enough hours in the day. The, I don't have the money. Like, and this yeah. is the thing. Like they're now heading into the, they're, they are now about to make the same mistake that cable television made, which was, Nobody wants to spend 80 bucks to 100 bucks a month for all these channels where they only have time to watch six shows a week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And not only that, we find out later that 75% of what we're paying is so the cable networks can afford to pay for the sports channels. It's like, this is ridiculous and stupid. Like, this is not how it should work. Yay, streaming. Let's go do that. And we're like, oh, crap. Now you're going to do the exact same stupid thing. I don't think it's – this is – the stress gets deep on this because – in my head, I was like, it's kind of okay because what will happen is, is I will pick the handful 
of streams that service me best. And then stuff that's on other ones, I'll pick up elsewhere. So I started doing the math of, well, here's what I'm spending per month on these four or five. It's still well under what I was paying for cable. And then annually, I drop 30 to 35 bucks to get a season pass on iTunes. And I pick up the straights. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, And then all of a sudden, Apple went, all right, we got to get on this streaming thing. And it's like, God damn it. No. <laughs> I don't have time this is not or the it's like ah, <laughs> and the worst of it is a lot of people pointing out it's like you realize this is why we were pirating way back when right like uh, well yeah and <laughs> i mean the the worst thing now is there's that that certain amount of shame and guilt too like when you're having a conversation with somebody like oh did you watch uh whatever blah 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 blah, blah on netflix i'm like no no. No. Did you watch uh, this? No. No. Hey, have you have you gone to the theater and seen us yet? Mm, no. No. Well, what do you Thanks. watch? Yeah. Uh, I watched um, uh, Shit's Creek last week and uh, a lot of Golden Girls episodes and yeah, that's that's it. I think streaming media has killed the uh, the water cooler show. Because nobody can talk about the same thing. <laughs> nobody, there's too much stuff. Everybody's watching different things. So I think Game of Thrones and Walking Dead may have been the last two water cooler yeah. shows. And even they now in their end run, where they're still alive, but they're surrounded by so many other options, they're not what they were. But the first few seasons of both those shows, everybody watched and talked about them. You know what I mean? like, and that's stressful, man. I actually really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed yeah. going into work the day after a big episode of something dropped on, like when lost the last couple seasons of lost, everybody talked about too, but like you'd go in and you talk about the last episode of lost or, uh, it it just, there was that communal experience. I mean, it's kind of like the death of movie theaters. Like you would go into a movie theater and you would watch the movie as, as a group and you would all have this shared experience. And now we don't do that anymore either. It's, we, we try stressing me out, man. Come into the office and instead of, Hey, did you see last night? It's now, did you, have you seen yet? And uh, a bunch of people go, yeah, I saw it. A couple of people go, I'm halfway through. And a bunch of people go, I haven't gotten to it yet. And then the conversation dies. Yeah, because people to, walk away. They don't want to be spoiled about it. it was, yeah. or, or, well, in our office, <laughs> we're very well trained. People don't want to spoil it for others. So people are like, oh, okay, well, when you, and then three weeks later, a couple more people will be like, yeah, I finally saw it. Oh, great. Now we get to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know. But, and you have to wait three uh, weeks for that water cooler chat. Yeah. So... Now I have to come to grips with the fact that there's one more area of culture that I'm just never going we'll to just never get to it. I'll never think, get to I it. I think this is the existential crisis of, wow, we humans make a lot of really cool stuff. I'm never going to be able to consume it all. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good what stress, stress man. That's good stress. Yeah. Yeah. Good stress. Uh, yeah, you promised fun stress. This is not fun <laughs> stress at all. It's like that took a dark turn for a while. Like I'm just I'm I'm realizing, Chris, that time is fleeting, and <laughs> I. I haven't Cue got much exist- more time. Cue the existential dread music right now. <laughs> uh, let's say, you know, my stress, I'm kind of stressed out about, uh, well, so I was spending some time this weekend um, reorganizing my toy room. And, uh, well, my toy room is what I call my storage locker that all of my <laughs> stuff is in. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like, once we have a kid and the room that I had, like, all of my collectibles in my office, and, and that was, like, my room, uh, that's now the baby's room. 
And so all of my stuff went into the storage locker. And now what you don't realize is, um, so that was like where I put all my stuff, but now all of the baby stuff is, is invading that too. So, um, I think I have to get a bigger, um, toy room, um, (laughs) because I've got all of these like baby clothes and furniture and stuff that's been outgrown and we're going to hang on to it. And, uh, I don't know. I, wait, wait, Er, needle scratch. You're going to hang on to it. Uh, well, no, no. I mean, just, you know, in well, case, just in case. People are planning, are we? Maybe, okay, so maybe. Like, maybe. Here, I mean, right. Again, part of that stress is all of this stuff is very expensive. And so if, yeah. if, if, and when this happens a second time, I don't want to buy yeah. everything again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're bumping into what I'm encountering in the secret studio, which is, I think you need to embrace this as a, a Marie Kondo opportunity to what, is most important to you collectible wise. Oh, but that's already happened. That, that, uh, that Marie Kondo, uh, purge that, that happened when, yeah. when everything moved into this, into the storage locker. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of tough. It's, I, I've, I, I hear, uh, I heard a certain, a certain group talking about going to Ikea and buying all these detoffs to, uh, display all their stuff. <laughs> I need to go to, uh, Ikea and get those industrial size, like, uh, like, uh, baker racks, you know, that I can just put <laughs> boxes onto, um, because I need to start stacking stuff on top of stuff. Um, you know I don't know who started this detoff thing, but I, I think in the world of blustery bullshit i'm gonna claim it for the ghostbusters of british columbia because several years ago we went to vancouver uh expo fan expo fan expo vancouver whatever they want to call it and we set up uh we had a big area and one half was collectibles buy collectibles and we hit ikea up and and they donated uh detox so we had three or four of them set up so that people could walk by and look at the glass cases and stuff so you you started this. The Ghostbusters of BC are responsible. That's right for for the for the shortage of detoffs across detoffs. the country. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way: when it was over, uh, Ryan Dole, hi Ryan, uh, Oscar Award adjacent winner, uh, Ryan Dole, uh, he took them. Uh, one smashed and taking it down, but the other two that survived, he took back to his place. And yeah, I've noticed since then. Uh, actually, it's parallel to Love Element. Let's just, oh God, why can't I even like just take credit for stuff? <laughs> like, why can't I just be an asshole and take credit for stuff? But uh, uh, no, I can see why they're very popular because they got glass all around. Yeah, and, they uh, look they look very pretty. Can you baby proof them? Oh, not at all. No, and not no. only that, they're tempered glass that under the right conditions will shatter into <laughs> a million pieces. So, no, do not. All right. Sorry, uh, so, Detoff crossing that off. So, I guess I'm, that's my, that's my stress. I'm done. How do you feel about uh, uh, glue guns and plexiglass? Because you could probably make yourself a fairly oh. good hermetically sealed display case. All right, yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. In inside the storage locker, I'll be that person yes. that you you go into the storage <laughs> locker and turn it on. And, uh. See, this is why somebody needs to start like Ghost Core. Uh, they got that little display case out front. Not enough. They need to somehow uh, clear out some space. Nobody sits in that waiting area anyways. Make a smaller waiting area uh, and then turn it into a, a, a larger Ghostbusters museum. And then we can have areas like we'll, <laughs> we'll have whatever uh, film studios buy the high end version of Detoffs. Yeah. Are Detoffs like expensive Detoff. The expensive yeah. Detoffs. Uh, and then have a little plaque saying, uh, you know, uh, 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 was borrowed from the 
borrowed from the the Troy Benjamin collection <laughs> on loan from the estate of on Benjamin. The- yeah, <laughs> I I thought you were going in a different direction. I thought you were going to yeah. say that Ghost Corps needs to clear out some space in the lobby because they need to like put a donation box there so that we could just all throw our stuff in that we don't have room for anymore. Like, <laughs> I have all these proton packs. Like, well, here you go. Um, I know every Christmas, uh, one of the things uh, that gets done quite a bit is when the, the toy drives come out. Uh, some of the more modern stuff. But it's like a couple of years old, so it's not on the shelves anymore. It's kind of fun to donate those. They're still new. They're still great. But it just becomes these like wild cards for kids at Christmas time to go, hey, holy cow, Ghostbusters. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I bought a whole bunch of the uh, when the Mattel ones, both uh, ATC and the classic ones, ended up at uh, Dollar Island for four bucks. I got a bunch of uh, three or four runs of each of them because that's what they were great for. Once here's yeah, the donations, a hundred percent. Happy Christmas, random child, and you get a Ghostbusters toy. Everybody gets them. That's the yeah. holiday spirit right there. But I want it. Don't step on it. Forget it, kid. You're getting <laughs> Ghostbusters. Not your stupid dog poo game. Uh, yeah, stupid. That does sound like a really awful game. I'm sorry. Like, Doesn't it? I, I, well, if somebody weird. out there who is the game designer of that is listening and they're crying into their beer right now, I'm sorry. That's just... No, he's not crying into his beer. He's crying into his Scrooge McDuck pile of money. <laughs> That's what he's... <laughs> Cleaning up. Good that Lord. Fair is fair. The mom and the dad in that that commercial, they seemed like they were having a lot of fun. So uh, good for them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, so uh, so let's let's do this, Chris. We didn't really get into to Captain Marvel, and that's okay because this is a free form kind of. We were just trying to. We we love the yes have some podcast, and we wanted to poke fun at them on on April Fool's Day because we love. Uh, and, uh, we thought maybe we could get into some, some Captain Marvel discussion because you and I had never really got to talk about it, but unfortunately we've already hit our hour. I don't know how Craig and Abby and Jake do it. How do they keep it to a lean hour and a half, two hours, two, two and a half. I feel like we could just talk all night, basically. I don't know how they do and, it. And we have on occasion. And we've done that. We have definitely done that. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to be all the time that we have for the, uh, yes, have some cross rip here. Uh, thanks for joining us on our, our, uh, April 1st podcast. It's been a lot of fun, uh, on behalf of Kelly Grimmett, Chris Stewart, I'm Troy Benjamin. You all keep on keeping on, keep on. I got to work on that ending. Anyway. Bye everybody. Don't like it. Zero fudges given. <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out if we could do like a flirk budget. Flirk budget, a fudge budget. If, if, yeah, like if if we did get into Captain Marvel, we could do like how many flirks do you give about? <laughs>